The Lakers run away from the Houston Rockets and take a 2-1 lead. Plus, the Bucks crash out of the playoffs. What's it mean for Giannis? And Billy Donovan out in OKC. It's a Wednesday Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. John Corral is here from MassLive.com covering the Boston Celtics on the Celtics beat for them and host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. I am one of your regular Wednesday hosts along with Jake Madison. Jake. And I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Throwing Jake for a loop over here because I threw myself off for a loop, but whatever. The Los Angeles Lakers I, threw the, the Houston Rockets for a loop, 112-102. There you, there you go. Look, I did like a different intro for Locked on Pels the other day where I like said something different, and then like I had to do like four or five takes of it because you're so used to saying the same thing over right. and over again like five days a week. My girlfriend was in the room, looked at me like I was an idiot, right. probably because I was. It's like muscle memory. If you throw yourself off, yeah, like very much it. so. It's very distracting. Um, so we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Billy Donovan later and Giannis in segment two. But let's start with the Lakers one twelve one oh two over the Houston Rockets, taking a two one lead, really running away with this thing in the fourth quarter behind Rajon Rondo, playoff Rondo dropping twenty one points. Three of five from three. Uh, that's just the, the Rockets were doing everything right, Jake. And then all of a sudden, Rondo comes in, starts burying threes, and the, the Lakers took that momentum and just ran away with it. Yeah. You know, the Lakers, if they're not getting out in transition and running, they're not like particularly great. Their half court offense isn't very good. And that is a very big problem for them. You have LeBron who went off and can do a lot of that 36 points on the night at age 35 on 23 shots. He was excellent, but they don't have like those other creators that you need in a half court set. But if you're going to get, what was it, seven straight points, nine straight points from Rondo, that can kind of counterbalance that a little bit. You had Kyle Kuzma, who looked competent offensively in this game for the the Lakers, and he's not a third star. But if you're going to get 14 points out of him on 7 of 10 shooting, and you just get enough from those guys, it adds up to enough for them to kind of just run away with it in a sense you know you you had the Rockets playing well for the most part in this until they kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter because the Lakers just got it done enough in the half court I think yeah and and what happened was I I saw Russell Westbrook starting to just take jumpers and it it was a battle of two guys who can't shoot and one of those guys who can't shoot started hitting shots and Russell Westbrook missed those shots he was he was hitting uh he hit a few mid-range jumpers earlier in the game, and they just kept going to them, and it was very kind of typical. He ends up shooting 13 of 24 on the night, but when it mattered during that stretch, he was missing a ton of jumpers, and, and I think that's where the game turned. At that point, the Lakers, like you said, were not getting out into transition, but once the Rockets started missing, once those jump start jump shots stopped falling, the Lakers could go out and run. That's when Rondo took over, not just in, with his shooting. Obviously, if he's hitting a bunch of shots, that's going to be a difference maker. But with his passing, with getting the ball up, with you know getting getting it to uh, Anthony Davis in the right spots. I mean that that run that they made in the middle of that fourth quarter that that was all based off just getting out into transition off of Rockets misses. 
A, a lot of it. And AD was really good in this game. He was 9 of 13, 26 points. So he's overshadowed by LeBron James, but he was punishing that small ball lineup for the Rockets, just rim running any chance he could, just filling the lane in transition, trying to be the lob threat, the pick and roll guy. And it worked because the, the Rockets have trouble with that. Like, I, look, I want to be the first person to clown on Anthony Davis and laugh when he struggles a little bit here, but he was awesome for them in this game, even if it doesn't like stand out at you how important he was and the things that he did right in this game that when they when the Lakers weren't getting in transition, they only had 10 fast break points in the game. For him to be able to play in the half court, dive to the rim and be that threat and completely break down the interior of the Rockets' defense is huge for the Lakers and why they ultimately won. Yeah. One of the reasons, I should say. Well, yeah, they only had 10 fast break points and they only had... But they, they, that that stat is a, is weird at times because they were in totally. transition more than that, you know. But I think it also does, you know. But if you were in transition all the time, you're going to have more than that, even by the weird counting metrics of that. But here's here's the thing: where the the Rockets had how many turnovers did they end up with? Nine, but a few of those, I think they had four in that fourth quarter. So Kuzma hits a layup. Uh, in that run, it was the first time they had scored off of a Houston turnover. That's now that run that was the that was a, a two points. They added another six turnover points after that. So they didn't get any points off of turnovers up until the fourth quarter, and then they rattled off eight, which is a critical critical uh, time for the Rockets to start losing the ball. That's why I didn't hate how Westbrook was playing throughout the game because he wasn't turning the ball over like he often does, particularly at crucial times till a little bit later. And he he ended up being kind of clutch for him in a way in that sense. But then it just wasn't enough. Like if Westbrook only has three turnovers in a game and you're the Houston Rockets, you're thrilled with that number, right? And you still lose this, which is got to be a worrying sign for them going forward. Because he was playing for the most part under control and not that out of control Westbrook we've seen. You don't want him shooting as many jumpers as he was taking, certainly, but he was shooting okay on the night. And the fact that he was making those, but you're still not happy with it, really does t- tell you a whole lot about this series and him as a player on that team. Yeah, right. This is, I think this is a wasted opportunity. This is going to be the game yeah, they, where they're going to, they, they hate this. You have to feel bad about this loss. Totally, totally. And this, this is the potential to kind of, change a lot about this series. Obviously, it's now 2-1. 2-1's not insurmountable. It's not the end of the world. But when you lose a game like that, when you have an opportunity to take the Lakers down, uh, they were getting... Obviously, LeBron was was great, and he had four blocks, and he was playing amazing defense, and Anthony Davis was great, but they weren't getting anything from the other guys. They weren't getting any other help. When When you had them down... And to not finish them off, that is going. I think that's going to cost them because now the Lakers. They, I don't big. I don't believe a lot in game to game momentum, but this is the difference between going into a practice tomorrow frustrated, going into that that next game feeling like okay, we got to make up for something, playing a little tight, um, maybe forcing a few things. You have you have the opportunity there from the Lakers' perspective to say, all right. We we can play loose, so it's okay. We've got that two one lead. We've we've played we played a, a mostly bad game, and then we had a great stretch. Now let's just pick this up. Let's start from the beginning. It's just a little more confidence, just a little more loose. 
the, I, I really think that the start of that third, that that first quarter in Game Four could be a difference maker. Yeah, no, I, I I think so. I think another thing that's that's worth looking at is kind of how tired Houston looked in the fourth quarter in this one too. They basically played six dudes in this game. They were, you know, they had six guys playing thirty five minutes or more, and then two guys in the ten minute range, and Austin Rivers and Ben McLemore. Yep, and. That's, I just don't think that, I think that's too short of a rotation, essentially. Also, Robert Covington got hit in the face pretty hard and was bleeding, went to the locker yeah. room, and I don't, I haven't seen an update on that. That's worth watching uh, going forward. All, all of those things, I think, are kind of big deals, and I don't know. I, if I were a Houston fan, I wouldn't feel great right now. No, I wouldn't. I'm trying to scan right now to see if there is any update. I was, I was looking, and I don't know if we have an update on it when we're recording this at like midnight Eastern time. Yeah. Um, so but like, gonna... He was down. He, he collided with Anthony Davis. AD looked like he hurt his hip, but it was clearly Covington who took the brunt of that with his yeah. face. And there was blood. They had a towel over his face as he walked to the locker room. So that hurts him, I think, a little bit. Right. So, I mean, now if he if he falls into the concussion protocol – then that becomes that that takes away a, a key player for for the Rockets. Then you have to put a lot more time. Uh, you're going to get a lot more time from Austin Rivers. You're going to get a lot more time from from some of these and other PJ, guys. That, PJ Tucker missed this game with personal reasons. We, they said it's not COVID related. We don't know what it is though. But that's two big guys that they kind of need in this series. Right. So yeah, that's. Um, this is going to be this is going to be a tough. I think it's going to be tough for the for the Rockets to come back. I don't think they handle the adversity particularly well either. Like in general, they they tend to get tight. So I think this is a huge win for the Lakers. Uh, when we return, a huge loss for the Milwaukee Bucks. And now let's crank up the Giannis machine because <laughs> there's going to be a lot. I'm going to apologize talk. ahead of time for this, but. No, nope. yeah. this is this is what's gonna happen. This is what's next. Sorry, Bucks fans, but it's gonna we're gonna kick it off right here in our second segment. Uh, I'm hungry. Are you hungry, Jake? Pretty much always. Pretty much always. Well, I don't know what you're looking for. I can go for some pizza, but if you wanted something different, I know I can open up my DoorDash app and take care of both of us if we were sitting in the same city. But we can do it wherever we are in the United States because DoorDash is uh, all over the place, and they have deals with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, and Canada, which means we can support our favorite restaurants locally, or if we feel like going to a chain place like Chipotle, Wendy's, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory, we can do that as well. And the best part about this is DoorDash has a, a contactless delivery option, so you can just choose that, they deliver it, drop it off at your door. You can do it safely. You can wait till the person leaves, go out and pick it up. You don't have to worry about anything else. You can just take care of it that way. So whatever you're craving, you get it right now into your door, and you can keep the communities where you live in safe. All of our listeners right now can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's LOCKEDONNBA, the name of this show, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.
The Milwaukee Bucks were without Giannis Antetokounmpo in Game 5, and they went down to the, the Miami Heat 103-94, which means the Milwaukee Bucks have now been eliminated. The top seed, this historic team, and out in the second round of the playoffs, it is disappointing. Uh, this was obviously a bad matchup. Doesn't matter what happened in Game Five. We're not going to analyze the game. It's over. Miami is moving on. They're waiting to see if the Celtics can finish off the Toronto Raptors tonight and see if we can get a third seed versus a fifth seed in the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee now is facing this uncertain future with Giannis Antetokounmpo. This he's obviously extension eligible. He would be a free agent in the summer of 21. There are a million different things that can happen here. A million different takes that we're going to start hearing. No one on this network has more experience with this stuff than you, Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans and uh, Locked On Anthony Davis for a long time. Yeah, and that's Locked On Zion. But who? So look, Bucks fans. I, like if you if, I, I don't turn this off because you need to hear this like you do you don't want to but you need to hear this and I'm going to apologize in advance we should be talking about what happened in this series we should be talking about coach Bud and his stubbornness to what he does as a coach and inability to make adjustments and change things in the middle of a playoff series or from the regular season to the playoffs we should be talking about the actual on-court stuff we're not going to no one around the league is going to when it comes to Giannis right now because the future and and the stories are going to be about his future with the team this sucks it doesn't feel fair it's going to feel like media is picking on your team I thought that for a long time too but it's not these are just kind of the cold hard facts about how the NBA works Chris Paul forced his way out of New Orleans after a successful playoff run with them because he didn't want to be here anymore because they weren't going to keep winning same thing for Anthony Davis. They swept the Portland Trailblazers in the first round, got bounced out of the next round. He wanted out by the middle of next season because the team just kind of hit their ceiling and weren't able to improve. And when you're a top five player, in Giannis's case, top one player, you want to win basketball games. You want to win titles. The regular season isn't enough. And looking at the deficiencies in this team in the playoffs, you've got to wonder it a little bit. The other thing is he's going to say all the right things right now. And he said to Yahoo after the fact, he's like, no, I'm not going to ask for a trade or anything like that. He said all the right things. All of these guys say the right things <laughs> until they don't say the right thing. Like, again, you think like, no way he's going to leave, right? I'm not saying he is, but to just shut down the talk about him leaving or the fake trades that are going to come through. I saw ESPN already did it where they kind of had a meme with uh, Draymond Green looking at Giannis or something like that. It's going to suck. But when you look at the history of the NBA and the recent history with this and star players, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, uh, Jimmy Butler to an extent too, uh, this is just how it goes. So it sucks. I'm sorry. But it doesn't mean that the media and like John and I here or others shouldn't be talking about this and his future with the team. Yeah. I mean, look, he's he's the one of the biggest stars in the NBA. He's still 25. He'll, he's going to be 26 uh, in December. So he's now entering his prime. He still has things that he can improve so that he could still get even better. He's going to be the MVP. He's the defensive player of the year. This is the most sought-after player in the NBA right now, and he's potentially going to be available some point in the next few years. 
Uh, so they'll offer him the supermax. Of course, if they will. he doesn't take it this summer, and I don't know if he will. That's when things get. You've got to worry. Like the only thing that would make it worse is if he switched to like clutch to be his representation. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it, it's a joke, but it's not a joke. It's, it's funny, no, but it's, it's not. also like. Like again, this feels unfair that we should be trying to force Giannis out, and it's going to feel like we're trying to force Giannis out. But when you just look at how it goes around the NBA, like we're not. This is just kind of how things tend to go. Like you could argue that this was the Bucks' best chance to win an NBA title, but they also did it kind of on the cheap. How much could they have used Malcolm Brogdon in this series when they referred to him as quote a luxury instead of re-signing him? Like that's what you look at with some of this. It sucks for small markets. That's the number one thing. That's the number one problem. That's the number one problem about small markets. It's not necessarily that, oh, there's nothing to do in Milwaukee, or oh, I can't get my commercials in Milwaukee. He's got a signature shoe. He can get his commercials. It's not that he lives in Milwaukee. Any That, that stuff is done. It doesn't matter. Maybe once upon a time, it mattered, but not no, anymore. No, not, in the it, social, it, not in the social media world. No, not right? like that. Exactly. Right. But it's the... But it's the other stuff. It's the other stuff. The, so it starts to me with the Brogdon thing, like you said, when they say he's a luxury. But this short-sighted thing, that, were they, were, when they say, well, there could have been a better way to spend our money, that's where the Lakers have the advantage and the Celtics and the, the Knicks, who are just too much yeah, of a mess to make 100%. a run. But, but they, they don't sit, they say, okay, well... The, Brogdon's the guy, and we're going to need him, and we're going to need him especially in the playoffs. So he's not a luxury. We're going to need him later. And so when when Giannis is looking at his front office, you look at that and you say, huh, geez, that's that's not something that, that uh, I really appreciate. You know, Brogdon was the number one guy, uh, the number one recipient of Giannis' assists last season. That's that's a tough. That's a really good stat. That's a tough guy to get rid of. Um, yeah. Now it's, it's acting like a small market team when you have the MVP, the, the a top two, three guy in the NBA. You can't act like a small market team if you want to keep them. Right. That's how it goes. That's and and they did, and that is it concerns me. Right. I would love for him to stay there. Trust me, I really, really would. But it's just I, I don't have anything to go on in like not the history of the NBA, but like recent history of the NBA that makes me think like, yeah, he's gonna stay there and buck the trend. Maybe he does. That would be wonderful. Also, you mentioned the Knicks is a joke. You know the team that's play, uh, paid the luxury tax the most times? The New York Knicks. The New York Knicks. They'll pay. They'll pay. They, oh they yeah, they got no problem good at spending that extra money and all of that. Sure. But they do it. That says something if you're trying to win a title and sometimes it's those little things that are the difference and if Giannis wants to win a title which is ultimately his goal he says he's all about winning right yeah the supermax isn't what keeps you there it's am I going to win a title on this team versus am I going to potentially win a title on another team and which team is going to give me the best option so it seems like I'm just trying to piece together Giannis over the years He's he definitely seems like a guy who's loyal. He's loyal to Milwaukee. He, he seems a little bit different. I agree with that. He doesn't seem like a guy who's got one eye, you know, on other cities. He he really feels like and he says after this game, hopefully we can build a culture in Milwaukee that for many years we can come out and compete every single year for a championship. He is talking about long-term things in in Milwaukee. He definitely they all so they all say that. Like what is he right. supposed to say there? So, no, I get it. You know? I get it. But he's also like you look at where he comes from, 
from the the humble beginnings in Greece to like it's it's just different. It's culturally different to me. He I think he just I, has a different appreciation for where he from where he grew up, coming to the United States, being in a place that that affords him a lot more luxury than he ever had in in Greece. Um, I, I think he can appreciate, like I know Athens and I've been to Milwaukee. There's like having gone from Athens to Milwaukee. I mean, there's stuff to appreciate not being in all that clutter and craziness and that, that, that madness of a, a major city. Like I, I think there's something about being in Milwaukee that might be a little calming for him. So I, I think there is a lot in favor of Milwaukee keeping him. So beyond that, they can offer him $221 million over five years versus him signing for 141 with a new team for four years. It's a big, it's a big difference. Without now that's now that's the extra year in there too, that's, which would right. likely it's be a five-year deal versus a four-year deal. deal. It's it's more the raises that you get. 35% that are, are the money maker in the in the difference. Yes. Yeah. It's 35% of the cap versus 30 and 7% raises versus five. So that's the total difference. Here, here's my take on, on what, what I think that Giannis can do, should do to be fair to Milwaukee, but fair to himself. I think he takes that super max, signs it, but puts in the opt out after year two or three to say, okay, I'm committing to you guys, but I'm giving myself this little out to say, one of two things, either after a couple of years, if you guys keep screwing me and screwing this team and you show that you can't build a winner around me, I'm either going to force my way out or force you to make changes and then we can go that way. Or if things are going great and at that point he's 28, 29, I'm going to opt out again. I'm just going to opt out. We'll do another five-year deal from there. We can lock it up. And, and, and keep me locked up till 34, 35. And then, but I think take the, take the deal, commit to Milwaukee, give them a chance, but put an opt out in there early enough where you're still 28, 29 years old in that range to give yourself the out. And you're still at, at the peak of your powers. So I don't disagree with that. You know, so if he sends a super max, you can't trade him for the first year of that deal. You can trade him in the second deal. Maybe if he also wants that, that thing, it's like, I'll sign the super max. I'll stay for one more year, but if it doesn't work out and I ask for a trade, you've got to move me. And it's just, you give them then basically two years to try and figure it out versus one, which, Hey, frankly, you know, what is a very good thing if you're the box and you think he might leave. He also doesn't have to sign the super max. We've seen these guys take shorter deals. Like you're kind of mentioning, that have those opt-outs in them and you can kind of play it on a year-to-year thing or a two-year thing. And again, I hope he does it. I I just don't know. Based off of what I've seen in the NBA, I I have questions about it. It's, but also I I agree with you that he does, he's very different than Anthony Davis and might value loyalty and all that stuff a little bit more. It also just could be like, I hate my exes and I've been burned too many times (laughs) and I'm still trying to learn to love again. Like, man, I'm not ready to open my heart to this stuff yet. It takes, it's a while. Like maybe it's that. Like I probably sound very cynical and like no, all of this stuff. It's so fair like, though. It's a fair perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, but it's like I think that perspective's kind of needed in this. Do you know how many times I talked myself in and Pelicans fans talked themselves into like every little thing that Anthony Davis said? Oh, he's not going to leave. He's not going to leave. Then the bomb drops. And yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. The car too. Like the dog. Like all of that. Yeah. Stuff. That's you know? that sucks. Like, There's so much to I get into. It. 
yeah, I screamed at everyone for being like, don't trade him to this team, that he's still on the team. It ended up all being right, though. So yeah. like, that's kind of the perspective I'm looking at with it. Yeah. No, it's fair. It's fair. You've been through it. It's a fair perspective. No matter how jaded you may sound, it's it's because you've been through it. That's look. I'm I did love to love again though. His I'm name divorced. Is Whenever somebody says they get engaged, I forget, I have to fight the urge to be like my condolences. Like so, yes. I, you know what I mean. Exactly. So that's fine. That's fair. Um, Locked on Bucks is going to have much, much more because there's so we just scratched the surface. We the the, the Milwaukee uh, salary cap is is a bit of a mess. They're paying Chris Middleton thirty three million. Uh, they've got him locked up for the next four Eric, years. Eric Bledsoe. That's that's a lot of money. They have Bledsoe locked up. They got Lopez locked up. Uh, they, there's a lot to to sift through and we can't do it here. We've already gone long in this segment. So check out locked on bucks in the coming weeks, because they're going to have everything broken down for you. Uh, that's, that's going to be must listen as they navigate what poor Jake has been through for years and years and years. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, OKC looking for a new coach, Billy Donovan is out. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I got my new shipment of built bars. This week, Jake, did you get did you get a new shipment yet? No, so I'm really excited to try the new formula and the new taste on all of these things because they were awesome before. Like you and I are gonna say the same thing. The best recommendation we give for Built Bar Reads is we spend our own money on these things yeah. because yep. they're that good. Yep. I I went, I can tell you, I like what they did. This is almost kind of Milky Way barish consistency now, which is kind of nuts because this is a protein bar. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. So instead of having this whatever chalky, whatever dense, you know, brick that you buy uh, at the store, you go to builtbar.com. They've got 18 amazing flavors, six new ones plus their 12 originals. Uh, they've got nut flavors and non nut flavors. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate. Like I said, it, just, it tastes like a candy bar, but it's healthy. It's great if you're, self, if you're health conscious. Uh, you want to lose weight, maintain weight. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. If you want, if you're on the keto diet, it's perfect for that. I mean, I got the peanut butter ones. Listen to this: 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. How can you beat that for something that tastes like a Milky Way bar? Now, if you've done this before and you say I've already used the promo code, you can use it again. Locked on is reset for this relaunch. So use the promo code LOCKEDON again at BuiltBar.com. You're going to get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off at BuiltBar.com. A little bit of a surprise to me. I guess maybe I shouldn't have been that that surprised considering the situation in Oklahoma City. Um because when you told me, I was in the middle of recording, Jake, this, my, my podcast, the Locked On Celtics podcast, and I looked up, you were like, hey, Donovan. I'm like, what What happened? So Billy Donovan out in OKC. Um, and my initial reaction was, wow. But as you pointed out, Jake, this is, OKC is actually in, a, in, a, in an interesting spot where they were good. They're not going to be that good moving forward. They are primed for a rebuild. And Billy, Billy Donovan, I don't think, wanted to be there through that. 
Yeah, I, I don't think this is a big surprise. And I, I actually did an episode, a special like Locked On Pelicans episode, talking about potentially Billy Donovan coming to New Orleans because he's been his contract ended this this whenever this season ends. He had a meeting with Sam Presti, and it sounds like they came to a mutual just party of ways, like very amicably. They were like drinking beers and just reminiscing over the past five years. Apparently, like that's how nice of a split that this was. And if you read the Oklahoma City Thunder press release, it's kind of interesting. They basically said that they could not assure Billy Donovan what the future of this team looked like over the next couple of seasons. And when you and it makes sense, kind of. When you look at this team, they probably overachieved a little bit this season, taking the Houston Rockets to Game 7. But when you look at them, like that's the ceiling for this team. This team maybe gets into the second round of the playoffs, loses there, and that's it. They have the fourth highest payroll in the NBA this year. They're a luxury tax team. They're going to have a high payroll next year, led by Chris Paul, who's got like a $40, $42 million, $43 million contract. Like It's a lot. It's a lot. They're, we just talked about the perils of being a small market team, letting Brogdon go. You do not want to pay that much money into the repeater tax, potentially, and all of that stuff for a team that gets bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs. You do that for a title contender. The Bucs yeah. should have done that. You don't do it for this OKC team. So if if you're looking at them, it's just not worth the money. And I, it sucks, but I kind of get it. Their their payroll this year was $133 million. The only teams that were more were the Heat, the Bucks, and the Trailblazers. Yeah. They're more than the Clippers are. Right. That does not work for for where they are. Right. You, you need to dismantle that, save some money, and just kind of move on from it. And if you're Billy Donovan, when you don't have to be there next year going through a rebuild, why would you? This is... A great time to go looking for a head coaching job, another job with the Sixers open, the Pelicans open, the Bulls jobs uh, decently attractive. Like you can go get another plum gig or he could go back to college. So him splitting with the OKC Thunder just kind of makes a lot of sense to me. That Thunder roster is going to go through a lot of turnover, is going to look really different next year. Gallinari's a uh, uh, free agent. I doubt they bring him back. This just kind of like you have some nice young pieces there in Gildas Alexander, in Dort. This is just like the perfect job for an assistant coach that's relatively cheap. Donovan, I think, is a top five, top ten paid coach. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just too much money committed all this up. Bringing an assistant coach, a young up and coming guy that's a little bit cheaper that can grow with this team a little bit and make a playoff run in three or four years. Yeah, here here's I think everybody has opportunities here. OKC paid a, a, a hefty payroll. What they really paid for to me is the right to get Shea Gilgis Alexander, yeah. who is a budding star, and the right to have 13 draft picks over the next seven drafts plus three pick swaps. Um, so they got all of that. Now you tear it down. This was, a, I think, Sam Presti did a, a great job. Uh, I think the only thing that, that might have actually gone wrong for OKC, quote unquote wrong, is that they were too good this year. That Chris Paul yeah, was that's, too that's good. Fair. Like this wasn't the plan. This wasn't the plan. No, the plan. I think the plan got delayed for a year, but because they got so many picks, it was like, hey, you know what? Let's give the fans something to to run with. Nobody one's going to trade for Chris Paul again this year. Let's get Chris Paul. They got Chris Paul's value way up. Remember a year ago when we were talking about who the hell would want to trade for Chris Paul? Now we're talking about. I see Milwaukee might want to trade for Chris Paul. I don't know how, but they might. Um, Chris Look, Paul. I'd love for the Pelicans to trade for Chris Paul. They this went right for them that it would have been really. It, we all thought you couldn't get assets back for Chris Paul in that hefty contract with a player option the year after, which is a lot of money, forty four million dollars. 
with the way he played in the playoffs, yeah, you, you'll get something for him. I don't know if they move him this summer. They might wait until next season, but they will get an asset in some capacity for him that's more than just like complete crap of like a second round pick. Right. Or or they won't have to attach a first round pick to send him out, which is more important. There you go. That's you know, that's, yeah. that's the biggest part, I think, for them. And so they, yeah. they will move Chris Paul. They will get something for Chris Paul. Uh, they can move Steven Adams. They can move Schroeder if they need to. They can, they can start making their room for the younger players and start building. It's an opportunity for Billy Donovan to go out on a high note. No one expected this team to be this good. Billy Donovan was named the, the co-winner of the Coaches Association Coach of the Year. He's got a ton of respect. Uh, he can do basically anything that he wants. It's, it's not like Greg Popovich being a free agent, but he's going to get a good job. He's fine. And this is an opportunity for Oklahoma City to put together a, a good coaching search and I think make a priority of hiring a blackhead coach, like finding a, a guy that we've talked about. Steve Nash got a job and the, the reaction was great that he got a job. It makes sense that he got that job, but the system is stacked against blackhead coaches. This is an opportunity to find that good assistant coach to, to, really get someone who deserves that shot and and start that that process. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity to start evening out the numbers and, and to be clear, to find somebody who they believe in, but also let's prioritize getting somebody, a blackhead coach, uh, this opportunity to grow with a young team. No, I, I think you're dead on with it. That's what this 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 job should be, I think. It's it's Getting someone young can grow with this team, develop guys a little bit, and then grow as a head coach. And I, I, there's just a ton of really good options out there right now. Like this is a very good time to be looking for a head coach. I think. Yeah. <laughs> just overall, like from any capacity with it. So like this was the right move. Chris Paul, though, you know, we talked about Giannis and speculation and all of that. Uh, that's where the next big name to probably get moved is going to be. Milwaukee should look at him as you mentioned. But yeah, the, I mean, it's going to get. They're going to have to get creative. Look, and and not to steer it back to Milwaukee talk, but like, I, I kind of wonder where Milwaukee is going to go. I, th- this is starting to feel like the team that's desperate to keep their star, so they're going to start making some desperate moves. It's it's a bunch of knee jerk things. Like, I, so going back, look, I think it's the most interesting thing. Like, we scrapped a bunch of other stuff to talk about this with Giannis and the Bucks. Like, with how bad Bud looked as a coach in the playoffs, like you wonder if he's long there or if they fire him potentially too. It's kind of nuts given that they had a historically good defense. They were a top 10 offense. They were first in pace. They're kind of doing everything you want from a modern team. But at the same point, you have to maybe play guys more than 35 minutes in the playoffs, particularly right. honest. And he refuses to do some of this stuff that maybe they make a move there. Look, look, if they fire him, uh, uh, Donovan would be a great fit there in Milwaukee because that is a coach who has adapted multiple times to the different personalities. At. Yeah. I mean, that would I be an tied it all together in one segment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, I mean, I don't know how they would make it work financially, and I haven't, I haven't gone to see it. It would have to probably be a third team involved somehow. Yeah. Um, it's too hard to predict those things, so I've like given up yeah. on like trying. But how like, the trade much, machine stuff is fun, but oh my god, how much we don't would predict it, these things because they're too nuts. No, it's it's impossible to predict. But how much different would the Milwaukee series have been if they just had Chris Paul 
in there so running you, that team you, you and put Chris being Paul able to hit shots. Like, lose Bledsoe or something. It's like it would help. Bledsoe was really bad in this series, and I'm kind of down on him right now. Good defensively, Everybody but offensively is. gave you like nothing. He shot like 25%. And so, or from three. Chris Paul is not what they need there in Milwaukee, to be perfectly honest, at least offensively. I think he'll help you defensively. Like we saw him just ordering people around like a damn general on the court in that series with the with the Thunder and Rockets. They, they need another creator that can just create some offense when Giannis isn't out there on the court. That's what Brogdon's good at. You know, and he's a good shooter. So they missed him so much in that series. Chris Paul gives you some of that, but not to the same degree as one of those like elite creators that you need probably a couple of to some degree on a playoff team. Yeah. But he'd help them. That's for sure. I, he's definitely not like, oh, they add him and they, everything's fixed. There's still some problems there with the roster, but also the roster is still kind of good. Like, yeah. I, I don't really have complaints about the roster and, and different things with that team. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here because otherwise, I know it's a lot. <laughs> there's there's so much. There's so much. But uh, we could do we could do a whole like week's worth of stuff on this, and they're going to do it over at Locked On Bucks. If you want to know more about the honest thing, like please go listen yep. to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Yep, that's going to be that's going to be must listen to podcasting over there. Uh, also, you know, Locked On Thunder uh, in in what they're going to do. There's obviously a Locked On for every team out there. I'm the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. I'm John Corrales. I'm one of your regular Wednesday hosts. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. We'll talk to you next week, next Wednesday. Tomorrow, David Locke, Ben Golliver. Make sure you're subscribing to Locked On NBA. Thanks for listening to the Locked On NBA podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.